Lord, we just love you today. We, we welcome your word to open our hearts. We welcome your word to awaken within us the wisdom from above. Awaken within us heaven. Our citizenship, what you've done with us. Awaken within us today the grandeur of Jesus. Holy Spirit, show us him in all of his majesty. We bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I don't know, I got this feeling today that this is all about him. I've got this funny feeling, so um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going today for sure. Uh, but uh, I was just thinking, you know, so much preaching is us-oriented. You know, a lot of teaching and preaching is us-oriented. But uh, this morning I was thinking a lot about Handel's Messiah. And I was thinking about him. You know, just thinking that... Um, And that sometimes it's okay if it's not so much us-oriented. Maybe sometimes it's okay if it's him-oriented. He is the good news. He is the good news. Amen? And, you know, we still carry that good news. We still, we still have beautiful feet. Anybody in the building have beautiful feet? <laughs> Don't show them right now. But beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. We have amazing news in him. We carry amazing news. Amen? I want to read to you, though, to launch us uh, into this uh, to bring glory to him. Is that all right? What time is it, by the way? Oh, not bad. Okay, good. How do we do that so fast? That's good. Um, to launch us into that, I want to read uh, Psalm 24-7. I want to read Isaiah 9, too, uh, as well. Isaiah 9 also, but uh, Psalm 24-7. Um, do you have it back there? You ready? So this is New International. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Do you know there's no one like Jesus? He is, uh, I, I, I don't know what's happening with me, but it seems like the older I get, the more I know I need him. He's, he's so amazing. And he's the king of glory. All of creation is in awe of him. All of the spirit realm is in awe of him. We get this crazy, amazing privilege to be sons and daughters of the king and to be, to be in communion, to be one with the king of glory. Let's go to Isaiah uh, chapter 9 verse 2. And this is where uh, Handel's Messiah comes out of, Isaiah chapter 9. I love this. 
Many of you know why I love this passage. I love this passage because it speaks and gives and delivers so much hope to us, right? Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. They rejoice before you as the people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. And actually... Many of you know I love that passage because it doesn't really say of the greatness in the Hebrew text. It says of the increase, of the increase, of the increase. His truth is marching on. His kingdom is growing. Amen? He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with righteous, with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We are in this amazing, growing kingdom. We, we have this privilege to be knit to the king. We are one with the supreme God of the universe. It's not a fable. It's not a, it's not a fairy tale. It's not, a, it's not just a manger story. It's a reality. It's a reality. Amen? And Lord, we just love you. Can you just take a moment? Uh, uh, let's stand again. In fact, let's just, let's just stand again and take a moment and just bless him. Just bless him. Lord, we, we, just, we just so revere you and your majesty. We so acknowledge you. We, we are those. You can mark us. You can mark us as those who give you praise, those who acknowledge you, those who, who shout on the housetops that you are the reason for this season. You are the reason for the hope that is within us. You are the reason. You are the reason for the lifting of our countenance. You are the reason. You are the reason that we have hope in every day, that our future is bright because of you. Jesus, we acknowledge you today, King of glory. We acknowledge you, King of glory. We're glad to be yours. We're glad to be yours, King of glory. Yeah, let's give him a thank offering. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you may be seated. 1 John 4.18, I'm back over in 1 John 4.18 talking about perfect love and uh, perfect love is, is also this person, right? Perfect love is also this person. Father loved Jesus with perfect love and Jesus accepted that perfect love. You know, I was thinking about, um, you know, these texts, these texts that we read 
just uh, what was dawning on me, hitting me a little bit uh, this week is that these texts that we read, they applied to him first. And we don't, we don't think about the Bible in that way. We don't think about, usually, I don't, I don't know, uh, but generally we don't think about these texts applied to him first. Now, we don't think about it that way because we don't think about him in his humanity. We constantly think about him in his divinity. So there's something going on today and this season, and whether you like December 25th or you don't, or whether it's a Catholic thing or a Gentile thing or this or that, or you decided he was actually born February 23rd, whatever, uh, right now the whole world is recognizing that Jesus came, that Jesus was born. And one of the most powerful parts of this season is for us to recognize that he came in humanity. So these passages that we, we read these passages like the one that we've been preaching out of 1 John 14. We read these passages, we don't include him. We don't include him. We, we read Matthew 6, 31 through 33. I'm going to read it today, potentially. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We hear Jesus say it, we see Matthew recorded it, but we don't, we don't realize that he's actually telling us about himself. That he walked it, he didn't just talk it. And we don't recognize that these scriptures, he fulfilled them in his humanity, not in his divinity. Because it, the Bible's very clear, Philippians 2 is very clear, the Bible's very clear that though he existed as God and was equal with God, he did not count it as a thing to be grasped, but he set that aside and took on the form of a servant, the servant as a man, as a human, and then took on the highest form of serving to give himself for us in his humanity. And so Philippians 2 makes it real clear, the writings of Paul make it real clear the prophetic utterances about this Messiah make it very clear that when he did what he did for us, or when he did what he did in walking in the earth, that he did it in his humanity. So I'm thinking of this passage even, right? Perfect love, 1 John 4, 18, perfect love dismisses, perfect love drives out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Who in the world was walking the planet about 2,000 years ago with no fear? Got any clue? Who, who was walking the planet with no fear? Perfect love dismisses, drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. Who was the perfect one, by the way? Who, who had no who had no, the only punishment that he took, Isaiah 53 says, was ours. Right? 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We've been talking about the power of that over the last few weeks. That, that when we have a fear perspective, when we have an outsider perspective, a disfavor perspective, uh, when we have a, a punishment perspective, and punishment is not just like what you would think of, what we've tried to bring out in our thinking is that punishment is not just uh, the meeting out of abuse or harm or hardship, but punishment is the absence of favor. It's disfavor. And when you, when you have that perspective, then it... It awakens, it arouses within you fear. Because if your expectation going forward is disfavor, then that awakens anxiety and fear and turmoil and worry and agitation. It awakens everything that corresponds with the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, 19, right? Anger, rage, jealousy, envy, bitterness. But when you are fully given over to love, when you know that you're loved, then it works perfection in you, even when you're not trying to be perfect. Thinking about Jesus, uh, uh, I, I was thinking, um, if we had a survey this morning, would we think, so Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Jesus comes to the Jordan, and this thinking about love, the love of the Father. Jesus comes to the Jordan, and uh, he's baptized by John in the Jordan, Right? And then a dove descends, the heavens open up, and then a voice from heaven is literally heard, the voice of Father, this is my beloved Son, or this is the Son whom I love. This is my beloved Son, right? Oh, you're there. Go to the next verse, 17. Whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. So if we had a survey this morning, uh, or if we had a gut survey, we didn't allow you to think, we just had a gut survey. You just had to, like a, a doctor's reflex, we bang your knee with a hammer, rubber hammer. Would we say that Father said what he said over Jesus because he was perfect? Did, did he say that over Jesus because he was perfect? Or did he say that over Jesus, or, or was Jesus perfect because he was loved? Did you catch that? I, I, that wasn't its best. That, let, me, let me say it again. Was Jesus perfect 
and therefore loved, or was Jesus loved and therefore perfect? You follow me? And did Father say that over Jesus because he was perfect, or did he say that over Jesus because he was his son? This is my son. I think the King James says, this is my beloved son. This is my son whom I love. This is my son whom I love. See, this is what I, this is what I see uh, in Scripture. I see Jesus basking in, and, and we see Jesus the way he lived, the way he walked. We see Jesus basking in the love of Father. If anybody didn't have a receiving problem, it was Jesus. You and I have a receiving problem. I think you and I have to, we have to extract, we have to overcome something within us so that we receive the love of Father fully and receive the love of Father well. We have, we have the testimony, we have the seed of iniquity. trying to talk to us now and then or frequently pointing out how we've failed therefore we aren't how we've fallen short therefore we we aren't we aren't loved we aren't we aren't equally loved as Jesus is loved So we have to beat that up, don't we? We have to overcome that. Yeah? Can you do that? Can you beat that up? You're equally loved because you're hidden in the beloved. You're not equally loved because you're perfect. You're equally loved because you're hidden in the beloved. Anybody in here hidden in the beloved? Song of Solomon says it this way, I am my beloved's and he is mine, right? We're hidden in him. We're hidden in him. Jesus is the perfect one. Jesus is the perfect one. And Jesus walked out some of these passages and Jesus demonstrates how much he's loved. Because love produces rest. And love produces trust. If we respond well, see, this is where I, I really believe that this is God showing us that he wants more for us than heaven. He wants heaven on earth for us. Because he's teaching us of his love, and he's leading us into love, and he's transforming us with his love, and he's given us the greatest example, and this example that he's given us in Jesus, this example that he's given us, he gave us this example in his humanity. In his humanity. So we see Jesus fully trusting Father. We see all of his needs met. We see all of this happening with him because he is loved. 
Religion will argue it's because he was perfect. The Bible's going to argue it's because he was loved. The Bible's going to argue that because he yielded to that love, he honored that love. That he walked a perfect life. You know, when you're greatly loved, you can spurn that love or you can honor that love. Is that right? You can value that love, you can cherish that love, or you can, you can spurn that love. What we see in Jesus is cherishing that love, honoring that love, revering that love. So we see him in his perfection. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the perfect one. He's the perfect one. What is perfection? What is perfection? It's to carry in our nature the nature of Father. It's to carry in us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is an expression of perfection. We were being called to that life as well. And this is the life of Jesus. John 14, we see that he cherishes the Father, that he's one with the Father. Believe me, verse 11, when I say to you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. John fifteen nineteen. Truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. This is the life we're called to as well. This is the life we're called to, that as we see him and we see how he lived, that we too would live that way. That we would be so connected now, so united, so one. You know, the marriage, the marriage that excites or blesses heaven is the marriage with you and Jesus. And when we read that the two will become one flesh, Paul tells us in Corinthians he's talking about us as well. That's a mystery that he's talking about with us. And when it says in Genesis 2 that we shall leave and we shall cleave, it's not just a picture of the marriage that two would have in humanity, but it's a picture of the marriage we have with Jesus. That we would leave all others and that we would cleave, that we would cherish this love, that we would cherish this love, that we would be perfected in love, that we would allow this love to be so pervasive, so influential, so rich within us, that we would yield so much to the love of the Father, that we would receive and believe so much in the love that Jesus has for us, the love that Father has for us. They're pouring out this love on us now, 
Father has loved us so much that he's brought us in to the Trinity. He's brought us into the very family of God through Jesus that we would so yield to that love that we would leave everything else that we would look to or trust in or lean on. And this works perfection within us. This works perfection within us. John 5.20 The son knew that he was loved by father. Did you know that you're loved by father? Did you know this is what this... Did you know this is... This is what this season's all about. Father thrusting his love on humanity. How deep is your assurance of that love? To the degree that you and I are convinced of that love, to that degree, perfection is going to be worked out in us. To that degree, the fruit of the Spirit, it's going to flow out of the rest out of the trust, out of the hope that naturally erupts out of knowing that you are loved. Come on, let it, let it just sink really deep this morning. Uh, Lord, just deliver us right now from uh, religious experiences that don't deeply penetrate the heart with how much Father loves us. As good as our parents have been, they've all fallen short in the message of God's love. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever has become the, the stopping point, the limitation, the hindrance, uh, whatever has become in your life uh, the witness within your own heart that you aren't fully loved, wow, Father would just love to lift that off of you right now. Lift that off of you this morning. He wants you to know that you're fully loved. You're fully loved when you blow it. You're fully loved when you loved when you fail. You're fully loved when you mess up. You're fully loved when you got bad breath. When you don't smell that good. All those things that you've been yelled at about, all those things that were hurtful to your heart or damaging or abusive, Father loved you in the midst of that. Father loved you when all that was going on. 
Father loved you when somebody else walked out on you. When somebody else walked out on you, it wasn't a reflection of Father's love for you. And he wants you to know that. He wants you to know he loves you. He loved you then. He loves you now. He wants you to rest in his love. And this season, it's more than trees. It's more than decorations. It's more than desserts. It's more than family. This season is Father loving you beyond your understanding. Father sending his son to love us beyond our understanding. And that with the opening of our heart that we would receive, that we would welcome that love, that we would welcome that love to wash out all of those testimonies, all of those... I know we don't have tapes anymore, but I'm an old guy. Erase all those tapes. Erase all those tapes. That Father's love would have this washing effect within you to erase those tapes those tapes that are recorded wherever humans declared over you something that contradicted the love of Father. When we look to Jesus, we see, we see him, um, wow, John 5, verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. You know what he says in that passage, by the way? He says, and, and greater works will you do. He says this in John 5. He says it in John 14. He talks about how that now that that love that same love that Jesus is loved with, that's the love Father's going to love us with. And so now greater works will... You, you know who's going to do the greater works, by the way? Those who know they're loved. Sometimes I think we're trying to put, uh, we're trying to put greater works notches in our supernatural gun or our supernatural belt. You know, we're trying to put, you know, we're trying to. But it's actually about love. The greater works are about love. Yeah? And of course, if we, or, or as we receive the love of Father, the more we receive it, uh, the more we want to... Is this okay if I go there? Uh, um, I'm just thinking about, you know, when we're, when, we're, when we're falling short of receiving this love, maybe this is why Jesus had so much time for people. Wow, help us, Lord. Are you with me on this one? You okay with this one? Maybe this is why Jesus had so much time for people, because he wasn't worried about stuff. 
And he wasn't worried about stuff because he fully believed Matthew 31, 6, Matthew 6, 31 through 33. The Gentiles are seeking stuff. They make stuff number one. But you don't need to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. Seek first the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of heaven, and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Maybe that's why Jesus had so much time for people. What we're talking about is that he was the perfect one, that he was the perfect one because he was abiding in love. Therefore, he walked in the fruit of the Spirit and so much more, right? And what we're talking about is how he did this in his humanity that he might be an example to us. Kyle and I, Kyle's in the building somewhere. Kyle and I were... Uh, we went to a guy's house in Spanaway to look at some windows. We were going to buy some windows. And uh, so we're looking at this guy's inventory of windows, but he's walking with a walker. And he could barely walk. And he's maybe in his 50s, and he could barely walk. And so I think both of us were kind of wondering, hmm, what's up with this guy? I wonder what's wrong. And... Uh, but neither one of us said anything to one another, but we're observing all of this. And so we're looking at the guy's window inventory, and his window inventory was, was not great. You and I never talked about that afterwards. But his window inventory was not great whatsoever. But I think that the love of Father was kind of welling up within us. And so we're having this conversation with him after we talked about the windows. Uh, and... Um, so we just started asking him about what happened with him and what's up with him and, you know, and why he's got this walker. And, and, and just to even go into that territory, you know you're, gonna, you're kind of moving into territory that feels uncomfortable, right? It's a little uncomfortable, and we don't know the guy. We don't know if he's a believer even. We don't even know if he's a believer. And so we're just asking about all this. So he starts telling us this crazy story. Uh, and uh, does anybody... Anybody time conscious in the building? Two of you, good. All right, so, so he starts telling us this crazy story, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a story. And this, was, this just happened like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, he's telling this story about, you know, yeah, just two weeks ago I had this massive stroke or a heart attack. It must have been a heart attack or something. Anyway, he had a brainstem bleed and his, you know, the heart and the block, blocked artery and all of this stuff going on. And you know, he lost consciousness and, and he would have died, you know, and they got him in the aid car. And he, uh, just, you know, this, and it's this huge story, right? Uh, and it's a story we didn't have time for. You ever, you ever gotten to a story you didn't have time for? And so, I mean, because at first he just said, yeah, I had a stroke and, you know, heart attack kind of a thing. And, and we probably were kind, of, we were kind of feeling each other at that moment, kind of feeling like, oh, we should pray for this guy. And, uh, and uh, then we pressed him a little bit more, and he went into the full, not, not the Reader's Digest. I mean, he gave us the full novel version of this situation, right? And so we're like, oh, 
And so we're, you know, listening to this story. Then you get to the end of the story, and, and now guess what? You know, it's made your heart three sizes bigger. Um, you you got to pray for the guy, right? And, and if you're going to pray for him and move a mountain, it may not be like a three-second prayer. Well, Lord, we're just sorry about this fellow. We just bless him now in Jesus' name. All right, now, thank you. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you want to move a mountain with this guy now because he needs, he needs something in God, right? And uh, so Kyle asked, can we pray for you? And so we prayed for him. And, and, and the cool thing about that situation is that he was tangibly touched by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he felt the Lord working in him. Uh, he kind of stood up and said, wow, I already feel better. Uh, going on, the cooler part about it, or a, a, a cool, I shouldn't say cooler, but is that he was a believer. Uh, so that was fun, is that uh, he was a believer. But it, it came to dawn on us. We actually weren't there for windows. We were there for him. We weren't there for windows. We were there for him. I think we ought to look at life through that lens a little bit. Is that not every trip... Not every excursion, not every activity is actually for what we set out to do or what we thought. Actually, there's something bigger behind what it is we're doing in the natural. And when we see, when we think about perfection and we think about love and we think about Jesus, Jesus had to qualify himself or did qualify himself in love, walking in love, walking as a loved one, walking in the fullness of perfection because he was loved concerning every scripture that we read. When we read these scriptures, do we realize he was there first? That he was Matthew six thirty-one through 33. He was that. He lived that. He was Hebrews 4, the rest that Israel never received because they didn't mix the good news with faith. He was that rest. He was that rest. He was the fulfillment of these scriptures. And I just think if we enter fully into him, and I think this is the Lord's appeal this morning as we have the band come and prepare to close. This is the Lord's appeal to you this morning. Is that you would let him love you. Let him love you to the very deepest part of your being. Let him love you with all your imperfections. Let love, let love, let his love precede your perfection. Stop pushing him away because you're imperfect or because you falter or because others have told you about your imperfections or because you're letting those tapes play about your mistakes and your shortcomings. Stop pushing him away. Stop pushing him away. Stop saying subconsciously, maybe later, maybe later, Maybe when I'm better. 
Maybe I'll have time for you then. Maybe I'll make room for you once I get this addressed, once I get this fixed, once I get this taken care of. Once I deal with this, once I make myself a little more presentable, then we can meet up and hang out. He wants you in your Walmart jammies. Yeah, with your bad breath. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's how much he loves you. And that, that you would realize that receiving that love, accepting that love, welcoming that love, opening up the deepest part of your heart to that love, letting love come first is actually the pathway to him perfecting you. It's not perfect first, it's love first. It's not perfect first, it's love first. If you will let him love you, then guess what's going to go out the door? Anxiety, worry, frustration, envy, jealousy, competition, fear, frustration, bitterness, criticism, negativity, going to go right out the window. You aren't going to have time for it. You are going to have time for people, though. You're going to have more time for loving well. You're going to have time for conversations that go longer than you thought you had time for. Why is that? Well, because that conversation didn't take anything from me. No expression of love can take something from me. Oh, yeah, I could have made another, could have made more money if I would have done, you know, I, yeah, I really missed out on something there. Oh, really? No, because you were yielded to love, you were actually opening up the floodgates for more of the display of God's goodness in your future. See, we love time because we're nervous about our future. We guard our time and we elevate time above people because we're nervous, we're anxious. It's the Gentile mindset of those who aren't fully loved by their father. It's an orphan mindset of those who are afraid concerning their future. But when we receive the love of Father, we know we can even sleep at night. The Bible says, Beloved, take your rest. Father is going to work for you all night. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't sleep or slumber. Take your rest. He knows you're mortal. He knows you're human. Take your rest. The King of Kings will represent you all night while you're sleeping, even when you drool and snore. Father will be working. Angels will be busy. Why? Because they love you and you're abiding in that love. You're honoring that love. You've separated yourself from other lovers and you're knit to this one. You've made him your one focus, the beloved one that you were committed to. You've honored that love. Let's stand this morning. Oh, Father, we welcome you to wash us this morning. Wash out of us this morning. And in this Christmas season, wash out of us the testimony that I'm too tall, that I'm too short, 
that I'm too round, that I'm too thin. that I stutter, that I struggle, that I falter, that I don't measure up. Every testimony that demeans what you see about me, what you love about me, why you called me, why you sought me out, why you named me and marked me in your son, why you've drawn me to yourself through him. Erase those testimonies. Come on, join your voice to mine right now. Enter in on this. Just join your voice to mine right now. Let the washing, let the washing take place. Let the washing occur. Let the washing be taking place right now. What, you were, what was said over you when that special person left you, when you were abandoned by somebody and they said something over you or you heard something in your own thought life, let it be washed out. Let it be washed out of your heart this morning. Let it be washed out of your heart this morning. Jesus, we allow you to wash. Wash us with Father's love. Let love be preeminent. From this moment on, not performing, not perfection, but receiving first the love of our Father. Receiving first the love of our Father. Basking in, abiding in, trusting in, leaning in. Convinced of the love of our Father. Seeing Jesus living in the love of his Father. We too now live in the love of our Father. And we follow. We follow wherever he leads us. We follow wherever he leads us. We abandon ourselves to this love. We sever cords with every other love. We honor this love. We cherish this love. We look to this love. We abide in this love. And open the front and ask the prayer team to come. I think that there's even love words that Father would declare over some of you. I'm going to ask some of the prophetic team to be available this morning because I think there's some words that Father has over you that are so different than the words you've heard, so different than the words that the enemy's spoken over you or others have spoken over you in their anger or in their rejection of you. I think that there is some words that Father wants to release over you. So if you're here this morning and you've given your life to the Lord or you're here this morning and you've made your heart right with Him, I invite you to come as well and just share with one of these prayer team members this morning what you've done. Allow them to lead you in assurance of salvation. But if you're here this morning, And you've got a suspicion right now that Father wants to say something loving over you. It's like he's got something all wrapped up. This is the morning of gifts. He's got something all wrapped up. He wants to loose it over you. 
undo the ribbon, loose it over you, a word of love, a word of destiny, a word that completely confirms the way he sees.